Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast. I'm your host, Carson Tamar, joined today by a very special guest. I'm excited to be back on the podcast. It's been a while. We have Kyle Kriegbaum from the Cinema Shakedown podcast. How are you doing, Kyle? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to, to talk about Missing today. Yes. So Missing is our film today. I will say very quickly, I am currently attending Sundance, so my mind might be in a million places this episode. But if you are wanting my thoughts on Sundance, stay tuned on our YouTube channel for ClapperCast. Once the festival wraps, I'm going to have a video recapping everything I watched. But today, yes, the newest film in the screen life genre, Missing, is a very light sequel to Searching. I think it's very strange to portray it as a sequel, but that is what they're doing. So I will pass on the message, I guess. Um, Kyle, as our guest, I'm going to leave it to you. To, to give your opening thoughts here in the spoiler-free section, what did you think of Missing? And maybe what's your general thoughts on the screen life genre while you're at it? Yeah, so I've always thought that the screen life genre is an interesting idea on paper. I thought for a while it wasn't executed to my liking with films like uh, Unfriended and there was another one, um, The Den, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, but But Searching was the first one to like really nail it and and kind of and figure out how to edit and structure the film for that specific look and that specific genre. Um, now going into missing, I, I wasn't very excited because the trailers didn't really interest me. I thought that they kind of felt very stilted and it didn't feel like it had that heart or that emotionality of the of the original or of searching and. It doesn't, it doesn't have the heart of searching. It doesn't have the presence of John Cho, but it makes up for that by being a very fun, very trashy, almost like airport paperback novel um, that every time I thought I was ahead of the mystery, it would throw eight twists in there and I'd be completely behind the, the lunacy that, that kind of happens as it goes. And I, was, I was having so, so much fun. And I thought that the the technical ability, the editing was 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 fantastic and re- and really carried it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I agree overall. I would say t- for part of it, I think Wilkin is when we talk <laughs> about spoilers, but there's a very like specific twist and scene that like from that point on <laughs> yeah. lost me. But up to that point, I agree. I think it's so funny that you mentioned Unfriended because I didn't even like consider that. I've been thinking about Screen Life for weeks up to this podcast. I never even considered that film. What a terrible movie. Um, but yeah, Searching <laughs> obviously a great film. I enjoyed Profile. I don't think you've seen that, but we talked about it on the podcast a while back here. Um, so I was hopeful for Missing, even though it had the very strange January release date for the longest time. There was just no promotion for this film to the point where I was like, it's going to get pushed back. It's not coming out. Well, it came out. And for the first two thirds, let's say, I am right with you. It is the stupidest film. But with horror, you can have a stupid film and still have fun, right? Like, I can appreciate that it is hilarious. And it's about this girl who her mom goes missing. And I appreciate that she's using, like, a task rabbit in Colombia. And this poor man, like, is definitely sacrificing rent to just go try to solve, like, a murder slash kidnapping. And it's fucking hilarious. We can't, like, overstate. It is hilarious. And it's a very twisty film. It is a very... 
intriguing mystery and i think it plays very well with expectations specifically like you learn one of the characters involved is kind of shady and you learn that he was an ex-con but then like it really turns on his head and then you're like oh i'm an asshole for thinking that like he's just a nice guy but you know it keeps twisting it keeps turning and it's very very fun in that way um i agree i think the editing is strong i mean same people who did searching overall so i think that is not necessarily too shocking you really just have to get over like Every single time the computer is open, of course, the character is like perfectly framed, perfectly lit, right? Like it's always yeah. base time is on, which I don't think it normally is. I don't know about you, but um, yeah. the base level, yes, it is good, I would say. It is fun. Um, I don't know. Do you have any... It- See, see, to respond to you saying like it, it's very stupid, I, I'd say it's definitely it's definitely corny, it's definitely overdramatic, but I think it it kind of knows that and it kind of embraces that and just kind of goes along for the ride. And, and what what keeps me into it is I think it's very good at reincorporation of elements mm. uh, throughout. I, I think that it, a lot of the a lot of the like little desktop notes that she writes for herself and a lot of the links she visits comes back in a way that um, that always kept me like, oh, okay, they they this is still a coherent uh, package overall. Yeah. This is still something that like it's not a mess. Um, well, at least yeah. until maybe we get to a point. Yeah. I would never but, say it's like uh, a, it's hard to follow. It's always very easy to follow. Even if yeah. like you are struggling, let's say to predict what's coming next or figure out the mystery, which inherently is a fault with what the mystery turns out to be. But like, I agree. I would say like even more than searching, I would say more than any other film in the screen life genre, I can see this being something that like real general audiences, specifically like teenagers could really go and just have like a blast with. I don't think this has like the emotional drama, let's say of searching that I think everyone loves searching for, but this is definitely more fun horror, which I think is strong. I think we need that in cinema. I think, you know, conversation around Megan, whatever you want to say about that. I think there's a room for PG 13 horror. Right. And I think that this is a good example of it and a good example of something that's like really accessible, really fun. Um, now, when it tries to <laughs> get into its mystery, we have some issues, um, which yeah. I feel like we can jump into the spoiler section pretty early just because, like, it's kind of hard to talk about the film without also talking yeah. about the finale. Which yeah. Yeah. Is that <laughs> it was all arranged because you are led to believe that her father is dead. And it turns out he is not dead. He was abusive and the mother fled and had all the documents sealed about her past to keep her and her daughter safe. And now the father has found them and has organized this giant kidnapping to kidnap and presumably kill the mother, I guess is what they're getting at. I don't know. What were you, I guess you like the film more than me. So did you like this twist? Like, what are your thoughts on this twist? I, I, <laughs> it took me a couple minutes. I was like, what? Um... But, you know, for some reason, it is it is absurd, but for some reason, because of the logic of the movie and it's already kind of riding on, like, a very heightened uh, set of rules, I, I was able to buy it, and I think that they they set it up well. The, the opening sequence of the movie is kind of the mom uh, taking a very specific clip from their their vacation video to use and you find out later it's her using it out of context to to trick 
the daughter by cutting out like the abusive part. Um, and then her like kind of faking like medical history to, so that he, you know, he had an aneurysm and died. But, um, I don't know. It is a ridiculous twist. Me describing it. I'm like, yeah, that is silly. But I went along with it. <laughs> the, like, I was like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, I guess it's not so much like, well, I think the idea is bad because I think it also like one part, <laughs> well, I, I like on paper, I don't think the fact that it's her father is the worst thing in the world. I think the fact that like, there's just no way you could have possibly possibly predicted it will make the film very frustrating for some who really like that aspect of a mystery where they're able to be like, what's the thesis? You know, in the first one in searching spoiler alert for searching, you can, you know, you can think, Oh, maybe it's this character. Maybe that is what is happening. Maybe it is the officer. Maybe something here is wrong with missing. I just feel like there's no possible way to really predict it. But I think like mm-hmm. for some reason, for me, the execution, as soon as that hit, it felt like new people were, like, making the movie. For some reason, and I think maybe it's because that's when, like, they really try to draw out the emotions. But there's a scene of the daughter when she gets kidnapped, she gets put with the mother, and she has to, like, act. And for some reason, her I think her acting, I think the ensemble is good before this twist. But there's, like, I think it's because you're on the computer screen, zoomed in, it's, like, comedically pixelated, almost, and blurry. And she's just sitting there crying, acting her heart out. And I audibly laughed not because like oh it's funny what's happening on screen but just like yeah it comes off as so awkward and it really like pushes the screen life genre to a point where it doesn't work in searching you and i just rewatched searching but um you had this moment where you have him confronting his brother and it's very serious and it takes place in kind of similar ways but the acting is never as big as it is during the climax of missing and i think it just comes off as too goofy when it's zoomed in on a computer screen like i just don't think it works as like maybe there's a reason we use nice cameras and we have shot composition like maybe there is a reason cinema is what it is I can see what you're saying because uh, once you get to that final sequence with the security cam footage, it can't hide behind like flashy editing anymore. Yeah. Um, and and the performances are never really the strength of this movie. Like they're yeah. fine for the first two thirds. Like they're 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 serviceable, but that's not why you're there. You're there for the mystery. You're there sure. for the uh, you're there for like following it. And and so when it's like the big ensemble acting at the end, I can understand thinking like, okay, yeah, this is this is too this is too much. A couple of the zooms, I was like, why does it look like that? I did think that a couple times. But, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I totally, I understand that perspective for sure. I think Ken Lung, like, throwing it out there, I think he's a highlight of this film. Like, when you talk about the ensemble, he is so fucking funny <laughs> in, like, the limited scenes he's in. Love him. Yeah. Um, I think I've think i always liked Ken Long. Yeah. yeah, he's a great actor. Never gets the appreciation yeah. he deserves, but that's fine. No, never. I yeah. think Storm Reed is very fun. I think, I think that I genuinely think, like, looking at the ensemble, not that anyone gives, like, an awards performance, it's January or whatever, but, like, I think this is a strong ensemble. Like, memorable characters, memorable performances. It just, like, yeah. for some reason does not stick that landing for me, which is frustrating, but that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I don't know. How do you think this would compare to like something like searching or other, I guess, things in like the screen life genre? I guess like just, I don't know. What's your relation to this in the screen life genre? Do you think this is a good step, a bad step? I think this is kind of um, a sidestep. You know, I, I think that I gave it the same rating that I gave searching Although it's it's been a couple of years since I've seen Searching, Alan. Um, and they are very different movies. Like Searching is a more well written film 
It is a better acted film. It's got more heart. Uh, and I think a lot of that is driven by John Cho being better than, you know, anyone in this movie. I think he's fantastic in searching. Um, but this one, like you said, I think it's, it's almost appealing to a different demographic. Um, this, this yeah. one is like that teenage, like trashy, fun thriller, whereas searching is more of a legitimate mystery drama for adults. Sure. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very fair comparison. Um, I would say I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's definitely lesser than, I mean, obviously I did not like the film, right? <laughs> but I think, like, yeah. I appreciate that we are back continuing to push the genre, that it's continuing to prove to be relevant, because I think there's a lot of potential. My only concern is, like, I really hope we don't get just a bunch of filler movies because this very clearly is a genre that is going to wear tired just like the found footage genre did after Blair Witch. Yes. Like clear parallels, I would say, um, to where like there's still stuff to do here, but like we can't use every single app on the computer because then there's nowhere else to go, right? Like we've done it. So I don't know. I am worried. I'm hopeful. I, you know, I like the genre overall, but. It's a little interesting. Well, because, yeah, this one pushes it in a couple ways where you're like, okay, they use, like, the Apple Watch and they use, like, um, they use a lot of, like, very obscure they, – they start to use very, like, obscure websites and apps. and um, But, yeah, and so you can see them, like, okay, how, how much further can you go from here? Sure. Like, you can't go much higher in terms of, like, yeah – I just also like um, peace and love. I am, I know I'm younger. I am the most tech unsavvy person in the world. There's times <laughs> where I watch these movies and I'm like, is that something you can do? Like truly nothing like this yeah. green life genre to push me just not knowing anything about a computer. I'm like, sure. Right. <laughs> I can barely get Zencaster to work. Like surely I cannot, you know, fucking spy <laughs> on someone with an Apple watch and use Siri through a Zoom call. Like, okay. Right. Go yeah. off though. <laughs> no one no one in this movie had two-factor authentication on thank you i don't know if you either. use duo yeah. security for whatever in your life I use it for that's, everything. Yeah. that's the new thing and it's so fucking annoying but you know I, yeah. it would screw me it would literally kill me so i hope missing is a wake-up call to end duo security even though it's probably very good <laughs> to have security i'd rather have that than worry about getting kidnapped right um, do you have any last thoughts on missing? I feel like we are in the wrap up, but do you have anything else you would like to chat about with the film? No, I, I mean, at its heart, it's a very simple film. Yep. Like there's nothing very, there's nothing too flashy about, I mean, besides the editing, there's nothing too flashy about the story or the, or the characters. It's just a fun watch for me. I had a blast throughout. I, I didn't really feel the length it was over in a, in, a, in a flash for me and and i got on with all the ludicrous twists and i i just bought it I, I thought that the tone was silly enough throughout that the whole the whole package worked for me and um i definitely recommend seeing it with a crowd because uh, yeah. I, had, I had a good theater experience with this one yeah i also had a good theater experience this is definitely one of those similar to like barbarian if you want to have fun with it as kind of being dumb mm. horror go see it with sold out crowd and like you know have a drink or two it's gonna be a good time um even right. if the film is ultimately not that good um let's go to our question of the week which instead of just normally for question of the week we all give our answers and then whatever we debate but instead i'm just gonna list on the twitter all the basically like the big screen life films so the question is what is your favorite screen life film 
might be an obvious answer, but let's see. Kyle, what is your favorite screen life film? Is it this or Searching or yeah. Unfriended? Yes, Unfriended Dark Love. No, it's it's <laughs> um, it's it's Searching. Yeah, it's Searching because that's the one that that pushed the genre forward in a way that it hadn't been before. It was the innovative, the innovative film in the genre. Sure, it is the Blair Witch Project, you could say. Um, I'm probably exactly. going to go with, I mean, the answer is searching, right? But just for the effort being different, I will say profile. I think it is absolute chaos and maybe way worse of filmmaking, but it's a true story about a journalist, and I think it pushes the genre forward past, I mean, searching obviously was foundational for the genre, but I think it pushes it further more than something like Missing, and I think it's drama and tension is just a little bit more than even Searching accomplishes, even if Searching is all around a better film. So I'll say that just for the effort of being different. Let's go to our rapid reviews to close it out. Kyle, do you have anything you've seen this week that you'd like to talk about? It could be new, old, anything. This week? Oh, God. <laughs> Why am I forgetting? Suddenly I'm forgetting everything I've seen. I got to go to my diary on Letterboxd. I'm there right yeah. now. That is so valid. <laughs> you know, it doesn't help um, that there's like no new releases, so... So, so one of, uh, my, one of my favorite movies I thought this week, it's nothing special, but, but I enjoyed it a lot is, is the new, it was on Paramount plus it's sick. Okay. Okay. Um, it's the new, it's the new COVID slasher film, uh, very trashy, uh, probably in bad taste, but I, uh, I thought it was a blast. I thought there was a lot of fun filmmaking there and, um, it had, it had a lot of that like scream energy. Yeah, it's um, the same writer as like the first. Few yeah, screens. Kevin Williamson. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I definitely I also watched. I kind of talked about it a little bit last week. I definitely see those comparisons. Um, I always, I think it's fun to see how COVID has worked into films and stories yeah, that, and stuff. So if that also has a ridiculous third act. So right, just like missing. If you have, yeah, I mean that third act is fucking wild. But um, if you <laughs> have Peacock, which I don't think most people do, I mean you can definitely check out Sick. Um, I will say I saw a screening for one of my most anticipated films of the year this year. I'm more excited for this than like anything else coming out. 80 for Brady about four <laughs> grandmas going to the Super Bowl because they love Tom Brady. And I will say it's not it's no ticket to paradise. This is not a five star film. But like, yes, is it absolutely delightful and charming? And our grandmas and the gays going to have a grand time at the theater watching this? Absolutely. Um, especially yeah. when it gets into absurdity. I mean, there's a drug scene where everyone turns into Guy Fieri and Guy Fieri is there. Like, it's really quite funny at times. Um, so I would recommend if you watch the trailer and you're like, this is something I'm going to enjoy, probably will enjoy it. So I'd recommend you go check it out. Um, it like a big trailer. Yeah, no, it's crazy that it's real, but it really, I can oh, tell you, so you can go to the theater and see a feature film of it. Um, And it's produced oh, by Tom yeah. Brady, which is hilarious. My entire theater audibly laughed when the credit came out produced by Tom Brady. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Um, so that's going to do it this week on the podcast, a shorter episode, but still a good episode. Kyle, where can we find you on social media and the internet? Yeah, um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Kyle, or uh, Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum, and I have a podcast with my buddy Jordan, Kyle and Jordan's Cinema Shakedown. We talk about new releases every week. Um, yeah, you can get that on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get podcasts. 
It is a fantastic podcast. You are not selling yourself correctly here. It is genuinely <laughs> hysterical. Like, I don't listen to film podcasts. I don't listen. I don't like, I, you know, peace and love to film Twitter, everything. I don't really want to hear what a lot of people think about film. You're the only podcast yeah. I listen to weekly. Very entertaining. Very good stuff. So please go check out the Cinema Shakedown podcast. Link in the description. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at PP underscore movie reviews, Letterboxd, Carson Tamar. Again, you can check out all my Sundance coverage, which is just endless. I mean, I mean, it's just like seven films a day and I'm very tired, but that is okay because it's good cinema. Um, and you can find Clappercast everywhere where podcasts are on our YouTube. Uh, we have new episodes every single week and you can email us and find us on Twitter and such. So I don't know. It's a good time. Um, and we'll be back next week uh, to discuss. I don't actually remember what next week is. Oh, it's my birthday episode. We're doing the Hunger Games. So you have to be there for that, everyone. Um, we will see you then. Goodbye.